<clears throat> Hello there, and welcome to the Earth Rangers podcast. Um, I'm Earth Ranger Steve, and let's not here right now, so I guess I'll be your host today. So, animals, right? Um, I saw a dog today. It was a pretty big one. I was actually kind of scared, so I didn't get too close, but... Oh! Oh, sorry, 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 sorry! Oh my gosh! Okay, hi! Oh, hey, hey, Emma. Sorry I'm late. I had a rough landing on my flight back from Nepal, and I had to check Bessie's landing gear, and... Hey, Steve? Uh, yeah? What are you doing here? I, uh... Why well, is the recording light on? On the podcast station. Oh, I was just filling in for you because I thought you weren't... Um, no, no, thank you, but thank you, but well, okay. that's okay. Well, I was All just... right, I got this, okay? Okay, okay, fine. All right, I'll see you later. Bye, listeners. Earth Rangers, <sighs> Well, <clears throat> hello, listeners, and welcome to the Earth Rangers podcast. I'm Earth Ranger Emma... It's one and only host, Numero Uno, your favorite animal and wildlife reporter. Earth Rangers! Earth Rangers! Earth Rangers! Now where was I? I've been traveling so much lately, but I'm finally home and now it's time to start cataloging my collection of sound recordings. I've been to so many places on this big, beautiful Earth. Like, okay, check this out. This is from the time I was in the Amazon rainforest. And here, let me just patch my field recorder directly into your feed. <laughs> See, that's when I saw the most gorgeous toucan. Oh, and here's a recording from Serengeti National Park, when I went to Tanzania to learn all about cheetahs. You know they make these chirping noises, right? Okay, and here's when I traveled all the way north to the Arctic Ocean and heard the sensational song of the beluga whale. Sorry, it's a little bit windy that day, but listen to what happens when the mic dips down below the waves. Amazing, right? Now I'm back home. You know, even though I've been to so many exciting places on Earth and I've seen some pretty amazing creatures, I have to admit, I really don't need to travel far to see super cool animals. I can just look outside. Don't believe me? Think about it. There are lots of animals that live near people, in the suburbs and even in the city. Just close your eyes. And remember what kind of animals you may have seen throughout this year. There's tiny songbirds. Bigger birds like crows. Maybe seagulls if you live close to the water. And sometimes you'll find skunks or raccoons rummaging around outside your garage. And every now and then, you can hear coyotes howling in the distance. (coughs) 
Do you guys want to know one of my favorite animal sounds? Great, because it's time to play Who Am I? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? I'll play a sound clip and you'll have to guess what animal made that sound. Listen up, because here it goes. Any ideas? Here's a hint. This cheerful little songbird is so friendly and so used to living around people that if you hold some birdseed in your hand, one might stop and eat right out of it. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to find out who it is. Earth Rangers! But first, we can't talk about wildlife in the city without mentioning these birds. Peregrine falcons. That's right. The peregrine falcon, the world's fastest hunter, capable of reaching speeds of up to 300 kilometers an hour and punching birds straight out of the sky, might actually be one of your neighbors. Okay, picture a bustling downtown street. Mm -hmm. Lots of noise, lots of people, lots of cars, and most of all, lots of mega tall skyscrapers. That's where peregrine falcons have started to move in. And no, they're not renting an apartment. They're building their nests at the top of these very tall buildings. In the wild, peregrine falcons build their nests on steep ledges and on cliff faces, so a skyscraper isn't so different. And of course, cities have lots and lots of birds for them to eat, especially yummy, yummy pigeons. So while there are still lots of peregrine falcons who choose a more rural or coastal lifestyle, there are more and more who decide to move to the big city. Another city critter I bet you've seen is the squirrel. Did you know that squirrels can smell food under a foot of snow? It's true. And squirrels are really good climbers. Gravity schmavity. They climb up and down trees head first along the underside of branches and pretty much anywhere I put my bird feeder, no matter how many obstacles I put to stop them. Now, here's a squirrel related true or false question for you. True or false? True or false? True or false? True or false? True or false, Earth Rangers? Squirrels have been part of city life and human-made parks for over a thousand years. What do you think? The answer is false. Squirrels were introduced to parks in America about 150 years ago. They were added to make parks feel calm and relaxing. In fact, people were encouraged to treat the squirrels kindly and feed them. Fast forward 100 years and people were a little less excited about having squirrels everywhere. And most parks actually banned feeding them at all. So although some people may think squirrels are a little annoying these days, you still have to admit, they're pretty cute. Now, even though we've just taken a look at two animals that have thrived in cities, it's important to remember that even the most well-adapted animal can still get hurt in an urban environment. But thankfully, there are people you can call if you see an animal that is injured or sick or maybe stuck in a fence. Who? Let's find out in today's Conservation Conversation. Conservation Conversation. 
Hey Earth Rangers, Earth Ranger Emma here. Right now, we're on the way to the Toronto Wildlife Centre so we can talk to some real-life animal rescuers. We're almost there. I wonder what sort of animals we'll get to see. Ooh, do you think that they'll have possums? I hope they have possums. All right, Earth Rangers. I'm here with Dr. Reed, who is the head veterinarian here at the Toronto Wildlife Centre. Hi. Hi. I have so many questions to ask you. First off, most vets take care of dogs and cats and pets that people have, but you take care of wild animals. How did you get into that? Well, I once was a vet who worked with dogs and cats, but I've always really had an interest in wildlife. And so I um, started working at Toronto Wildlife Centre and I've never left. I've been here for 20 years now, so. Wow. So when people bring in their pets to a vet, generally they have some idea of how they got hurt. How do you figure out what's wrong with a bird or an opossum or a raccoon? That's a really good question. It's one of the, the most challenging parts of our job is just trying to be a detective and figure out why that animal is here and what's going on and what's wrong with that. It's a lot of um, detective work. It's doing medical tests. It's taking x-rays. It's you know, really trying to, to figure out what's going on. So you're a doctor and a detective then. <laughs> exactly. When they come in for help, what do you tend to have to do when you treat them? Well, we have to give them an exam, just like when we go to the doctor, we look at all the different parts. We look in their mouths, their eyes, and their beaks. If they're birds, we'll touch their wings. We just make sure that we know that everything is working perfectly for them. Do you have any favorite types of animals to take care of? I really like working with porcupines. They are hard to work with, they're very prickly, but they are friendly, and I think that they're very cute. They sound adorable. How many animals do you um, house and take care of here at any given time? Oh, we can have hundreds actually in our care. We can have up to 200 animals in our hospital and you know, we're looking after all the wild animals that you can find in our province. So anything from snakes and bats, owls, we see coyotes, foxes, lots of different kinds of birds. Um, do you have any stories you wanna share with us about your experiences here? Oh, well, I really like looking after baby skunks when they come in because baby skunks don't know how to spray yet. So they don't smell, but they are so adorable and we always enjoy working with those types of animals. Thank you for answering all of my questions. Um, and I'm just wondering before you go, what's the next animal you're going to go and take care of? Oh, I think that we're going to be go looking at a hawk that is here that has a broken wing. So we're going to go make sure that that hawk's wing is healing perfectly and we might be taking an x-ray. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Reed. You're oh, and good luck with fixing the wing. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, my name is Natalie Carvonen, and I'm the uh, executive director and founder of Toronto Wildlife Center. Mm. What, what are some stories that stand out to you from your experiences here? Um, it's, you know, it's getting to the point where it's hard for stories to stand out because we've admitted almost 100,000 animals now. Um, it's, it's amazing to me the diversity of animals that have come in. Uh, certainly, we, at one point, we worked with a group of gray wolves in northern Ontario that were very sick. Um, the entire pack was sick. So um, that was certainly very interesting and another very interesting learning experience because when you typically work with 30-pound coyotes um, and then all of a sudden you're working with 170-pound gray wolves, they're, they're very, very different animals and very different considerations. So, so that was really fascinating. Sounds like you're doing really important work. Um, Earth Rangers are kids who are really, really passionate about conservation. I'm just wondering what sort of things uh, 
you can share with them about about taking care of um, the ecosystem around them. Yeah, there's some there's a lot of really easy things that kids can do to help wildlife. So the first thing that comes to mind is just looking at the behavior of our pets, in particular our cats. Um, so cats have an enormous impact on wildlife. Um, there's a study done some years back by Environment Canada looking at the um, impacts on songbirds, uh, all of different reasons why songbirds were dying in Canada. And all of all the reasons they looked at, cats were number one. And cats actually outnumbered all of the other reasons put together. Um, so it's a huge issue. And I've got cats, and I love my cats like crazy, but they never go outside alone, just like I wouldn't put my dog or my hamster outside alone. Um, you know, I when I go out with my cats, they're on a leash, you know, or we have a big cat enclosure at the cottage. They can sit in the forest, and they watch the red squirrels and the birds, but they're safe, and the animals around them are safe. So that's something that's really easy. If you could, if you could keep your own cat inside or, or transition your cat to being an indoor cat or convince one person to keep their cat inside, you're saving hundreds of animals a year. So that would be an easy one. Yeah, wow, that's something that I'd never thought of, the effect that the animals we have have on the animals that are around us. It's really cool. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing your insight and um, for founding this incredible organization. Thank you very much. The public is not always the greatest at identifying what sort of animal needs help or if they even need help. So please tell us okay. that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So sorry, what's your name again? Scott. Scott. Okay, so Scott has a really great story about an animal that didn't actually need that much help. Well, we got a call, this was many years ago, and excuse me if I get it wrong a little bit, but it was a call and the caller insisted that it was a bald eagle uh, that was out on the, the road or the field or whatever it was, and he was attacking another animal, and the caller was insistent, 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 insistent. So finally, we sent out a, our team to, 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 to check on this animal, and it ended up being a pigeon who was eating a timbit. <laughs> well, I, and I hope the pigeon enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Katie. I'm one of the wildlife rehabilitators at Toronto Wildlife Center. Hey. Rehabilitators. So I guess your job starts once the animals have already been rescued? Yes. So we are responsible, I am responsible for um, monitoring their progress in care, giving their daily medications and making sure that they are as happy as can be while in care. And then you get to snuggle and pet them, right? <laughs> no, actually, we try to handle them as little as possible. You don't get to pet them at all? No, because we want to keep them as wild as we can. And when we release them, we want to see them be wild instead of coming up to people who might not know the animal and might try to hurt them instead of help them and so a lot of our day involves trying to handle them less while still adequately treating them mm. so you're like a ninja nurse <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess so can, can you think of any cases that you've worked on that um you particularly enjoyed or that stood out to you um Squirrels are definitely what I find have the most character. Um, they're a lot feistier than you might think when they come in so little and young, but they always have so much personality and attitude, so they're always a fun one to work with. Do you have any favorites? I really like rabbits and the migratory songbirds. After you've done all of this work to take care of them, is it hard sometimes to watch them leave and be set free? 
for the most part, it's just really exciting. It's almost the fulfillment of being a good job done. Um, it means that they're back where they're meant to be, and it's always really exciting to see. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> Wow, that is so amazing. It's good to know that there are people who are taking such great care of our city's wildlife. Hmm. Oh, remember that bird call we heard before? Let's take another listen and see if we can figure out who sang this lovely song. Ready to guess? It's a chickadee. Chickadees are sweet little birds who love visiting backyard bird feeders. They especially enjoy peanuts and sunflower seeds. They have a really distinctive song that sounds like their name. Chickadee, chickadee. Listen one more time. Hear what I mean? Oh, by the way, if you want to help out wildlife in your area, here's a great way to do it. Check out the Habitat Hero Mission. In this fun and fantastic mission, you'll get to put your DIY skills to the test and make all kinds of wonderful habitats for different animals. For instance, you could build a totally awesome toad house, a bird bath, a bird nest supply shop, a ladybug lair, and more. All the cool creatures that live in your backyard will appreciate your help and hard work. Visit earthrangers.com for more details. Well. Now there's only one more thing to do before the end of this wild episode. Announce the winner of the Big Joke Contest. <laughs> the audience has voted, and I can tell you, it was a landslide victory. The winner of the Best Animal Joke of All Times Contest, with over 55% of the votes, is... Earth Ranger Owen. Congratulations, Owen! You are the winner of our amazing Earth Rangers prize pack, including an Earth Rangers t-shirt, a water bottle, a limited edition button set, and eternal bragging rights for having told the best animal joke of all times! So, let's hear it one more time. Hi, my name is Owen, and here's my joke. What did the judge say when the Skunk walked into the courtroom. Odor in the court. <laughs> oh, thanks again for everyone else who sent in a joke. If you didn't win this time, don't worry. We're already working on our next big contest. More on that soon. Oh, and here's another pro tip. You don't need to be a master joke teller in order to get an Earth Rangers t-shirt. Just send your parents over to theearthrangershop.com to check out all the cool merch we have for sale, like t-shirts, hoodies, water bottles, stuffed animals, and much more. Well, that's all my time for today. I'll see you again in a few weeks with an extra spooky Halloween special. <laughs> Until then, don't forget to be kind to the critters we share the world with. Stay awesome and keep on ranging. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty Narrator here from the Who Smarted Podcast. 
Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. Hey, animal lovers. Earth Ranger Emma here to tell you about my favorite app, the Earth Rangers app. By signing up for a free membership, you can access tons of fun content like daily animal trivia, puzzles, top 10 lists, and my podcast, of course. In the app, you can send me notes by commenting on the episode pages. I just love hearing from you. You can also complete environmental missions, do eco-friendly crafts, and help protect animals. And if you use the code Emma in the code vault, you'll earn 25 bonus points to help you level up. Download today, and I'll see you in the app.